0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Diet time is here. That's right, we're talking Hello Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from Hamilton High. We're as close to it as we can possibly afford. It's the Kill by Kill podcast, where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film. the We're going to unpack all the gory details of the most unlikely prom night sequel ever to be filmed, even though it wasn't filmed as a prom night sequel, in the hopes that a prom goer's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes that we can make about them. And as always, there's only one person I trust to help get punch for me when I need to sneak backstage and make out with a hot dude, the one and only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina?
1: I'm good, though I'm disappointed. I I thought that you uh you 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 would depend on me to to drop a stink bomb in a in a bathroom trash can.
0: Oh well, you know, there's so much uh, road to be hoed here, uh, and there's a lot of things that people do in this movie that I never would have considered. Maybe I wasn't enough of a bad boy, and when I say not enough of, I mean not at all. <laughs> I was about as square as you could possibly be. I would have been the one who said, but we never even touched for a year. That would have been me.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is a delight. I-, I do not begrudge the effort it makes because this movie is, is it's, it's something. This is, the, this is the first time i had seen it in years, and I am amazed by how much I actually remembered about it.
0: It is memorable. It really pops off the screen.
1: <laughs> Which, you know, as opposed to, like, a couple of the Friday 13th movies where I've, I've already just... they they just kind of you know, faded into the ether of my mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were stunned that a magical dagger was a part of it. The last <laughs> one was, like, came out of nowhere. And, like... and,
1: the, and the Necronomicon. <laughs> and the
0: Necronomicon. <laughs> well, that was a surprise to us and to Sam Raimi. But, oh, Gina, uh, I don't want to get you scared and everything but we are not alone that's right we have a special guest he is the director of patchwork and tragedy girls uh the latter is available right now on vod the one and only tyler mcintyre how you doing sir
2: hey guys thanks for having me oh
0: thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come on down and talk hello Mary Lou. prom night two so let's get right into it what was your first exposure to this unlikely cinematic masterpiece?"
2: Uh, I would say I was probably about 12 and I uh, picked it up off the shelf of um, 24-hour video in uh, <laughs> in uh, old Alberta, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually saw uh, Prom Night 2 before I saw Prom Night 1. And that was on the recommendation of a friend of mine who claimed that it was shot in Edmonton. And I was like, Shut the front door, you know, like, <laughs> which is about two hours north of where we were, and that seemed like very like I'd been to Edmonton, you mm-hmm. know. So that seemed like you know just around the corner kind of thing, uh, and 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 movies at the time were just very magical to me. So um, so I went and rented it, and and was you know, uh, as as we were about to be, uh, very uh, brought in by its unique uh, creative uh, uh, charm. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just it's complete fucking bonkers abandoned with uh, style and tone. And uh, and uh, I was actually, you know, even back then, like a huge Carrie fan. So I was very surprised to see that this was indeed a sequel to Carrie and not problem. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, how could you possibly carry on the many wonderful things about Prom Night when it's absolute best character is killed uh, when his his throat is slashed open and his date that he just met and deflowered, both himself and her, dies as it goes over a cliff. I mean, the movie is pretty much over after that. There's just (laughs) disco dancing left to have happen. Oh my God. I love that van. I love that book full of joints. (laughs) Everything about it just calls my name.
1: I've already forgotten that character's name. I want to say Sherman. I, I don't think that's right. but <laughs> Slick
0: I, is what, sl- what he ends slick, up. Slick, thank you. Yeah, a nom de plume that he gives himself.
1: <laughs> but I, I remember that scene. Oh, I, yeah. I remember that scene.
0: Yeah, it sticks right on out there. Uh, between that and the Neanderthal bully who gets his head chopped off and <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis going bra shopping with the actor who played her brother those are the three things i remember about it so here we are we find ourselves um not so much in the future uh from where prom night ended but actually the past
1: it looks a little it kind of starts out like a like a with made for tv movie values but but you you shouldn't let that dissuade you because this movie was made by the devil (laughs) I mean, in the, in the, in the best way possible, and and I, and I didn't realize that you could say something has to do with the devil and that's actually a positive thing. Mm-hmm. but I'm some of this some of the some aspects of this movie, and I don't think we'll necessarily cover them in, th- in this segment, but it's like this is the devil's handiwork.
0: <laughs> it's certainly tapped into something. It's one of those movies, and something that I was very impressed with. With, with Patchwork and, and in particular Tragedy Girls, was its ability to reference other things that one might be familiar with, but not rely on them to the point where, let's say you're naming your science teacher uh, the <laughs> the name of a horror director. Like, that's a step too far.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, this this entire, I mean, like, uh, I think, uh, you know, we actually uh, make a reference to that in, in our, our movie where we, we named uh, one of the characters, uh, hooper and cunningham mm-hmm. because people don't really i mean you know people know toby, toby hooper but like horror fans maybe yeah you know like and not like the general public whereas like you know craven carpenter lauder those are some yeah. very specific names and then
0: Lauder is a reach but even still if you're picking up a direct-to-video horror movie Lauder at that time would be something I mean, that, that you was for know.
1: that was the first one i caught i'm like i understood that reference
2: <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's I mean and, and bold too back in 87, like, you know, to be like basket case. Like that's what we love, you know, like that, that, you, know, <laughs> you know like uh, like that movie like at at the time was, you know, like people liked it, but it wasn't like, you know, it doesn't have the cult following it is now. No, uh
0: and talk about a movie that is able to establish a time and space. Like you can feel that in Miss 45 are two of those movies that you just feel like, oh, is someone rubbing up against me in the subway? And you're just watching it on a TV. It just (laughs) feels gross. It just feels a little gritty. It feels like you're sweating too much. And it's like, is it June? I shouldn't be sweating this much in June. It just feels New York. (laughs) Says the guy who grew up in LA. So we start, of course, with the opening credits here. And it's like the director was given a note that not enough scenes in the original prom night Established the idea that hallways are in a high school, and he took that note. It's just establishing shot after establishing shot after establishing shot. Like he don't give a damn. He's just throwing it up there, lifetime movie style. How do you stop? How do you not do that?
2: How do you not? (laughs) How do you not establish the fuck
0: out of everything you shoot?
2: I mean, I, I don't know. Like, like I, I think it's, it's kind of a mixture. I think that exterior doesn't actually belong to the school they shot in. <laughs> I think that came from the university. I'm pretty right. sure. Like, I I, <laughs> I don't know which building it is, but it looks very much like that architecture. But then it's just like, I think they were really wanted to get into that Nightmare on Elm Street space, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we had those really cool, you know, because this is definitely in the afterglow of, you know, that hit in oh, eighty four yes. And, you know, so it's, uh, you know, you, you, could, you could get a lot of those. Uh, References just like, you know, we were talking about Piranha earlier. Mm -hmm. You're going to see a lot of underwater shots because of Jaws, you know?
0: (laughs) And like the greatest horror movies we can all think of, the best ones all have an evocative close-up of a stuffed wolverine.
1: Is that what that was?
0: (laughs) Yes, that's what I'm assuming. It looks too mean to be a badger. I'm not an expert on Canadian wildlife. I just heard about it from my dad. My dad grew up in Lethbridge. Really? That is...
2: That My brother lives in Lethbridge.
0: And he uh, you know, worked every summer and winter in Banff. He was a ski instructor or he was a lifeguard. And so if you said, uh, that's about the bare minimum I can do. He goes, oh, I have a bear story. And he'd tell you a completely different bear story like every time he's like this is this almost i almost died by bear story and here's a completely different i almost died by bear story so i frightened the fuck out of the idea of Banff. who was just patrolled by grizzly bears that could kill you at any second well that's at least the way he told it
1: you just basically thought you'd get you get off a plane and in, in, in Banff and like like Come down the little stairs And just a bear Just stands just like you know, Swats you And just your head Just was flying off
0: That's right It's straight out of Grizzly <laughs> <laughs> It's like in Hawaii when you landed, they give you, uh, you know, they put the flowers over your neck. That's, I assumed that would be happening as I landed uh, in, in the province. Except they'll um, be
1: removing something from your neck.
0: That's right. The way it was meant to be. And so we now cut to the interior of a church and, of course, the great American tradition of rushing to confession before a school dance, which I'm not entirely sure is a tradition anywhere
1: yeah but it's it <laughs> a little weird it's a little because the point
0: of this well let's get into it and let's figure out if there is a point to it mary lou runs through a litany of things that she's confessing to for the sole purpose of getting the priest to have a boner i'm not entirely sure what the point of this is i
2: think yeah, it's just it's to get him to, to, to drop his monocle basically <laughs> Yeah, it's also a little unclear, like you know what the hour is. You know, like clearly the lights aren't on. Like usually, there's hours for confession. Yeah. Like where you know he's just sitting there when, when she walks in. Like lady has been he's there for hours, just waiting for somebody to come in.
0: Yeah, this is the same parish that apparently Exorcist Three exists in, yeah, where and a unlit lot, churches as far as the eye can see.
1: There's a lot of scenes in this movie that rely on entire schools being empty, just a. Uh, you know, teachers just leaving students in detention just to sit there alone. You know, a church that never seems to have any parishioners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a funeral has, like, six people at it. And it's, just, it's all very... This is a very heavily populated town.
0: Um, Mary Lou writes her name and number inside the confessional and lipstick. And you have to admit, like, the girl knows how to market herself.
1: Yeah, she's, like, writing while talking to him, which is pretty... <laughs> pretty remarkable
0: like she's getting a rise out of a uh, out of a priest and yet she has great lipstick writing she She must be experienced
1: she's a a really great character in spite of the fact that all we know about her is that she is super slutty
0: (laughs) but she wears it with this joie de vivre i mean (laughs) immediately i wrote down like this film is trying to establish mary lou is The Joker. Like, she just wants to see the world burn. She doesn't care. Like, she's here for kicks. She is straight out of. Like a 50s rock and roll movie where she's just here for the rhythm, man.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think- she, she's not doing it to impress anybody, which is what I find. Like, like she literally writes that and it's just like, you know, like the priest doesn't even notice it. She doesn't, it's not like she goes outside and is giggling with a bunch of her friends about like, look how crazy right. that was. She literally did it for her own like sociopathic <laughs> reasons.
1: I, th- I think my favorite part, now this is a little later in the in the movie, I, I watched a little more ahead than I needed to for this, but my favorite part in this entire movie, besides the rocking horse scene, which is also both my favorite part and my least favorite part, because of the upsetting, yes. um, <laughs> uh, is when the, the heroine um, looks at a yearbook from the year Mary Lou's to graduate. If you look closely enough, you can see that Mary Lou's nickname was Hot Stuff, <laughs> which is a, a, a nice little... Detail that I just, just tickled me to know and her nickname was hot stuff.
0: Yeah, it's like everything is very on the nose here and delightfully so. It's not embarrassed at all to be what it wants to be, even though you have seen things that are very similar to it. And we're about to enter that sequence where this movie... Kind of becomes uh Carrie, but twice, like it tries to be carry a couple of different ways, <laughs> like, like like someone delivering you a plate of tuna two ways. It's like here's Carrie, but uh, in a retro way, and here's Carrie in a possession sort of way.
2: Yeah, that whole prom sequence is pretty impressive, like you know, especially coming after like Back to the Future or something like that. <laughs> like it's uh it's definitely has it really tapped into that that whole 80s prom vibe.
0: Oh, for sure. Or well,
2: I even mean those 50s set, 57 or whatever.
0: I mean, I wrote down it's it's like I know the outside it says Hamilton High, but it really should be Douglas Sirk High because there is a level of quiet desperation going on with some of those cutaway shots where <laughs> guys just look off like I made the wrong decision and the girl next to him is like Yeah, I did too. I hate this. And you read every single part of it. Like I paused, I kept pausing and writing things down about every background player going on here. It's just a rich tapestry of background work. And you can tell that Mary Lou is a real bad girl, not just by the way she talks, but by the way she walks. And that is by drinking punch and chewing gum at the same time. You are a badass if that's the way you do things.
1: Yeah, she's got this like weird little like stripper shimmy she does. She 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 does that often and and, and I find it weirdly charming. Like when she wins Prom Queen, which I'm wondering who voted for her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's just, I mean she looks like she's about ready to just start like bumping and grinding.
0: She's either the most popular like I wonder if it is if she has because we don't really see her relationship with women in the flashback. She, we only see her through the lens of this yeah. love triangle.
2: There aren't really any uh, female characters other than her in the flashback. Are there just no, the girl, I mean,
1: just the girl that she tried that tries to put the cape on her and she like, right, you know, right. gets shitty with her. But Yeah. I mean like nobody else, like when she's at the prom, nobody really, el- nobody else really seems to interact with her, which is, which is a little weird.
2: Well, other than, uh, uh Bill, uh, yeah. who, who will come back later, who, I mean, I think we should take a moment and really acknowledge uh, how amazing the casting of of that guy is, you know, (laughs) as the future Michael Ironside. Yes. With the receding hairline. I'm just saying, like, they, they probably looked high and low for that hairline. Oh, yeah, and it's you know to put it on to 18 year old and really own it like it's it's pretty amazing like that that's some <laughs> hilarious specifics uh, specificity that that uh i i you know as soon as he sees him you're like oh that's michael, michael ironside yeah like,
1: yeah they did they did not need to do that that meaningful slow pan into his name on the on the uh the nameplate on his desk the older is like oh that's uh, that's billy yeah that's the same <laughs> guy <laughs> i get it
0: I mean, I can't imagine what it must have been like for the casting director up there when someone said, oh, we need a Michael Ironside type. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't even know how the original Michael Ironside happened. They were less to find another one. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and so uh, we get the impression now it, he's Billy, is Michael Ironside's character. So they have been apparently going steady. She asked him to go get punch. And while he's going to get her liquid refreshment, merely steps away, she eyeballs Buddy, and she's like, "You, me, your penis, backstage, (laughs) right now." She's fucking James Bond. She is what girls want to be, and what guys want to be with, and maybe some of the girls as well. Like, there's a she
2: might be what guys in the '80s want girls to be. (laughs) It's true
0: but she's not a cool girl this is nothing about being a cool girl she's just she there's a swagger going on here that i have to appreciate even though i i might not encourage it as like let's say someone i might want to date i definitely might want to hang out with her for a little while she's nuts she'll just grab a guy's dick we don't (laughs) we don't really know if he has a big dick but she sort of alludes that it's worth her time to dump Billy for the two seconds that it would take him to go get punch? And like, let's go have, let's just, let's dry hump one another while we have the time.
2: Yeah, she just has a very short attention span. <laughs> That's
0: right. She's like a Labrador retriever with dick.
1: <laughs> it's one of our classier episodes for sure. Feel it.
2: Like when she's drinking with him, like I, I, I can't quite remember, but like she's kind of sloppily doing it and like spilling on herself. Yeah. Is that part of like, Does that part of why the, Whole death unfolds the way it does.
0: I'm fine with it if it is. Yeah, I, I
1: was good like, I had a. I had a uh, an observation written down uh, about this th- that scene, and I. Uh, I mean, I, I won't give it away just yet. But yeah, now that you mention it, I, I, that that could be the only reasonable explanation. They're just, I mean, they're, they're just. they're drinking. They're just drinking like pure turpentine or Everclear or something. <laughs>
2: yeah, like it's actually not even alcohol. It's just lighter fluid that she's like just <laughs> spilling on herself like a drunk sailor. <laughs>
0: Just, it's, it's literally like something you would use to start up a hedge trimmer. Like, it's just on the edge of gasoline, what they're drinking.
2: It's just actual, just boot and shine.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. But Billy catches, and you can tell this is the 50s, because that's the only way you can have a central conflict that occurs between a buddy and a Billy, is it has to be and, and a skip, mid-50s.
1: And a, and a skip and a jack and a... You know, just all those, that litany of Mystery Science Theater 3000 instructional film names.
0: <laughs> That's exactly it. But they have a conversation, and basically Mary Lou says, Listen, I like you for your money and what you do, but I don't really ever want to have sex with you, and I do with Buddy, so... That's where I'm going to leave it, and they kind of have a bit of a tussle or whatever. But Billy goes away, sort of sad, retreats. Uh, he gets a uh, um, he gets splashed with punch onto his white uh, shirt and jacket. Uh, which seems to disappear at a certain point, but it does it in the bathroom. It's important that he goes into the bathroom though, because we have two uh, miscreants inside who are deciding to drop a stink bomb at some point during the dance, as people were wont to do in the 50s. They were just assholes to be assholes.
1: Hang on a second. I just need to make a, a quick remark here. Why is this high school bathroom so filthy? <laughs> it, it, looks ever... like, it looks like the bathroom on the Port Authority. Like, I yeah. expected to see, I expect to see like a homeless man just like just sleeping in one of the stalls.
2: Yeah, There's like I mean, waters, I,
1: like water yeah. and garbage all over the floor.
2: Yeah, I'm not even sure that's set dressing. I mean, uh, Archbishop O'Leary uh, High School in Edmonton doesn't have a great reputation as a, you know, uh, stand up facility. But uh, it may uh, just be, in fact, that dirty. Like, you know,
1: think they'd make an effort for prom like night. A... It's supposed to be the most <laughs> special night of the year. At least run a mop over it.
0: I think they're trying to blend elements between this and A Nightmare on Elm Street, where things seemed, you know, grimy or not right. There's one element that seems off-putting that, you know, is this a dream? Is this real sort of, is there an evil creeping into the natural world sort of aesthetic? Or it's just a gross dude's bathroom because guys in high school, I'm telling you right now, probably a toilet overflows every day and not for a good reason.
2: Yeah, and there are we already know that they're uh, Hen and Lauder fans. So, which, those movies are grimy as hell. Right?
0: Yes, <laughs> they hear that uh, the principal is on the way, so they stash the stink bomb in the trash, unlit. Billy, you know, kind of gives the high sign. Are we too in tune that that is Billy's dad? So, being principal is like a family job. Like, <laughs> I didn't,
2: I didn't get that impression. He's just no? his father. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get that really either. Okay
0: it just imprinted on him so much.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe he just, he just internalizes this trauma, you know? He's a bit of a, uh, you know, he's a bit of a, uh, oh. a bit dramatic, you know? <laughs> sure.
0: Michael Ironside a bit dramatic okay Michael
2: Ironside Jr (laughs) (laughs) that's true
0: so he picks it up out of the trash and now we have an inciting incident just about to happen Uh, we cut back out to the dance and Mary Lou uh, to the surprise of almost no one and yet people clap some seem genuinely happy others maybe this is a duty uh maybe she made some faustian deals around along the way (laughs) who's to say but she's gotten her want she wanted to win and she totally does she is the prom queen is that last year's queen who can't quite get the cape on she's like fuck it just put that crown on me (laughs) that's all i want anyways
2: yeah i mean i assumed it was like a student council president
1: or somebody yeah there's always somebody who gets stuck with that that thankless task and is there (laughs) is there no prom king at hamilton high
0: who needs it i mean
2: to- maybe they were gonna get there but yeah. uh i just feel like she just, just, she just
1: would have she was sort of shoved him off the stage anyway <laughs> that's
2: right she doesn't need it yeah i mean uh i'm also like i'm canadian so we don't we're not really big on proms up there but uh uh like there's just not that many of them uh, it's much a little bit more of an american thing so like are prom king and queen elected separately in your experience or is it like or, or like I just assumed that that uh, you would vote for one like vote for a couple. you know I mean? it, you know it's
1: been roughly 75 years since I've been in high school. <laughs> um, the to, to my recollection, I don't recall ever being given a ballot, but I, I'm pretty sure they tend to it it does tend to be couples. Mm-hmm. So, because they're supposed to do a dance, and you know nobody wants that kind of awkwardness of you know dancing with someone you didn't come to the prom with, but what I was you know gonna go into is this is one of those movies where it has a sort of there's there was a character who has a you know sort of Machiavellian plan to win prom queen, and I just don't recall it being that big of a deal in high school, and yet it's a and that it, yet it's a it's a constant trope. I mean, it's even to this day, it's still, you know, this is the most important thing that, that in a young woman's life that she gets to be voted prom queen. I think I was out of high school, a week, and I could not remember who was voted prom queen in my in, in that you know for the senior prom. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a very weird trope that almost never reflects in real life.
2: By that logic, wouldn't uh you know Ironside Junior also be getting a prom king crown shortly after this if he weren't uh, about to you know commit uh, homicide? You, uh, presumably, yeah.
0: Presumably, the only thing that anyone seems to care about is that Mary Lou is wedding. That's certainly all that Mary Lou carries about cares about, and she's the center of this particular universe so once she accepts her crown billy loses it he decides to he's gonna mess up her big moment a la what happens in the original prom night he drops a stink bomb from the rafters the most rickety of rafters above her and it immediately catches her dress on fire
1: oh my god this thing goes up like it's made of crepe
2: paper (laughs) Yeah, it's like a it, real hamster dust and kerosene sort of thing. It it's
1: astonishing.
0: Is <laughs> it is like a dress made out of gasoline soaked cardboard. It just <laughs> whooshes immediately she is on fire and we get a legitimate full body burn in a prom dress that cannot be easy.
2: Yeah, yeah. The um, I read somewhere that it was like the longest, like, like you know, burn of that kind that was done, which is like with their incredibly like, un, uh, like uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know, how unsafe they are, but they're they're tricky and they can't last very long. No. But they did like you know, so it's very challenging, like logistically. So, you well, know, the, just don't want to literally burn someone to death.
0: Yeah, though the one thing that no. I learned lighting people on fire from the Water World show was is you can't breathe once you're lit on fire because you would literally breathe in fire you would burn your lungs so that's what it comes down to the longer a fire burn goes on that person has to hold their breath for the entirety of when they're lit on fire so when like in halloween 2 that dick warlock one when he walks down the hallway and it just goes on and on forever you can't believe it it's so good but he eventually just falls to the ground she is in and he's wearing overalls. This stunt person is in this dress, which is a halter top. I just find it insane to do a full body burn in a strapless gown. I don't even know how that's possible.
2: Yeah, but it's a, it's a good effect. you know. Like, oh, uh, hell yeah.
1: It, it takes an awful long time for anybody to respond to this.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> People respond to this as if the, just the stink bomb landed. They can't even look at it. They immediately just start turning their backs to her as if we always knew this was going to happen mary
2: lou
1: yeah like well the, the, nothing nothing we can do about this you know
2: <laughs> she I burned mean, bryce and died young
1: <laughs> you know no nobody's you know leaving to call the police you know nobody's no. saying hey you know there's got to be a
2: fire extinguisher somewhere in this school they well, just well, bill is bill is screaming uh somebody help her Yes, from his from above,
0: calling attention to the fact that he was the one who is now committed murder.
2: Like, he makes absolutely no attempt to leave town no. or disassociate himself from this location. He literally becomes the principal of it. Yes. Uh, not to jump ahead, but <laughs> there is very little legal consequence. No. It's seemingly no legal consequence.
0: There may not yes. be cops in this town. We don't really know. Buddy does attempt to... Help! In that he runs towards a burning person with his jacket, and then he goes.
1: Yeah, he does. He he does like you you know what? Now that that's, I think, yeah. No, I'm good. No, I'll I'll just lay. I'll just lay down. Start pounding
2: on the stairs. That's right. Like that's that's one step away from just covering her with more alcohol. (laughs) That's true.
0: His his jacket is probably covered with the the same grain alcohol that that her dress is, and then. As she looks to the heavens, and we see her curse the everyone's existence. Basically, like this was my moment, and you all ruined it. You decided to burn me alive. Well, I'm not leaving this high school. I'm going to haunt it for the rest of my life. And then a trunk closes by ghost magic.
1: Is that the saddest thing you think of? When you're entirely spending the, your years in the afterlife, just haunting your high school. <laughs> yes it's like it's like twilight how they just they're just eternally in high school and why uh, would why would you want to do that to yourself
0: yeah it sounds like a fucking bummer dude
1: i, I have a quick question you'd mentioned that um you know he that uh, billy never you know, evidently never saw any legal repercussions for for accidentally air quotes setting fire to 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 mary lou mm-hmm. how did they explain how she died Because it's just like, oh, that was that girl that caught fire.
2: Yeah, like like literally they were like probably like spontaneous combustion. You know, it's it's shit happens, you know? Yeah, it's not
1: the whole school burned down. It's a she burned down.
0: Yeah, someone dropped a burning thing from the ceiling and she caught on fire and and no one goes, you know, I think that probably happened because of that burning thing that dropped from above the stage. Someone should look into that.
2: Yeah, I've also kind of wondered like if he's directly above her like, and you light somebody on fire in that manner, wouldn't he also be kind of horribly burned? I mean, I don't need to get too logistical about this, but like, like if you had a candle, yeah, was burning. You know, I mean, like
0: he's feeling the heat for for sure. But I, I don't know, if the flames rise high enough to get to that second story, and, and then she does kind of move around a little bit. It's a, it's lucky that the whole place didn't light on fire. Yeah,
2: and I'm really the last person who should be pointing out suspension of disbelief stuff. But... <laughs> Given given my, my my track record. So
0: with with the closing of this magical trunk, we leave this terrible incident behind in 1957, and we never discuss it again. No, oh, actually, it's the whole plot of the movie. Anyways, let's cut forward, I guess, three decades uh, to Carrie White's house. Or at least as close to it as you can possibly get in Canada. And this is where we get a first glimpse of one of the most important characters in, in the whole film, and that is an oversized rocking horse.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> right
0: thing, away we see it.
1: This thing has veins in its face. But <laughs> it's just, it's so uncanny valley that yeah. it, it is repulsive to look at. Even before things start getting really weird, yeah. I'm like. Who made this, and why did they put it in this child's room?
0: It's so tall.
1: It's not even yeah. It's not even a child-sized rocking horse. It's it's, like, it's she could just get on it at her current age.
0: But she would. I think she would need a boost. I think she would need to step on something before she would step on top. So it's more decorative. But if it's decorative, why would you decorate that way? It is it, it, sinewy.
1: It looks like it looks like. A real horse that a witch cursed. To, to be <laughs> frozen and live forever in this teenage girl's house.
0: I, I'm, I'd i be down with that. That's what this movie needs. Witch curses.
1: Well, technically, I mean, there are curses.
0: Yeah, if if V.C. Andrews were alive and she saw this film and this particular sequence, she'd be like, oh, see, that's not subtle at all.
1: Dial <laughs> like, it back a few you guys? Yeah.
0: Knock it back a few pegs, says the woman who constantly lo- locks siblings and addicts and expects them to do it. <laughs> so this is where we meet our impressively well mained lead, Vicky, who's played by Wendy Lyon, a uh, Canadian actress of some note. Many might know her as Prissy Andrews from the 80s version of uh, Anne of Green Gables. She has the same haircut, basically. It's that giant pie wedge. Uh, of bangs and then it just flies everywhere everywhere else like occasionally there's a braid but you're not really sure how it works um but you last saw her in the best picture winner of this year uh the shape of water she plays the secretary
1: oh i did not know that
0: i didn't know it until i looked it up on imdb
1: and and i loved that movie very much
2: she's doing a great job of of uh, you know distancing herself from that whole end of Green Gables. That's <laughs> right.
0: There, she would have been locked in that for the rest of her life, and yet she found a way to overcome being uh, a child's villain.
2: Well, I guess, yeah, Shape of Water shot in Toronto, so she's probably still work there and still working. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Del Toro is just a huge Prom Night 2 fan.
0: Oh, I would I can't love to. I
1: would love to think that. That makes me so happy to, to ponder that.
0: We'll just get him on the horn. I'm sure he'll answer my emails, and we'll find out. Um, in this scene, in which she is looking both approving and disapprovingly of herself in the mirror, a la Sixteen Candles, she's rocking a serious side pony. That's always a good sign. Um, she's called down to breakfast, and her mom appears to be some sort of professional prude.
1: Oh, her mother! This the mother character is hilarious. She she's like has like the best and worst aspects of both Missus <laughs> Olson from Little House on the Prairie, mm-hmm. and, and of course, uh, and of course, Margaret White. From Mm -hmm. from Carrie, she is you know basically Margaret White if her husband had not abandoned her.
0: Yeah, she basically cowed Mister White into submission.
1: I mean, this woman has unbelievably she she purses her lips like no one else i've ever seen in my entire life she constantly looks like someone is farting in her presence it's (laughs) it's magnificent
0: (laughs) she is disappointed in everything like it's what she's always wanted to do and that's why if you do what you love it's never a job
1: (laughs) that that is her goal in life to be constantly disapproving
0: (laughs) we hear the roar of her of a motorcycle outside we learn that this is her boyfriend something that ficky's mom is not okay with Uh, a boy picking up her daughter on a motorcycle which i can believe for safety reasons but for her it seems to be more about social mores i'm not really sure what she finds so objectionable
2: either way she clearly just lets it happen
0: yeah, she doesn't make a stand. She just kind of like, you know, you're disappointing me, yeah, right? Some
2: real passive aggressive bullshit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah and, and I mean, you really can't do much better for your high school age daughter than dating the principal's son. And other than being, yeah. other than looking like he was you know, spliced with some slightly skewed uh, Matt Dillon DNA, there's really, <laughs> there's really nothing wrong with him. Yeah, he's, he's like
2: a the spliced version of Michael J. Fox from uh, Family Ties, and yeah, and
1: yeah, he, he's a perfectly nice boy.
2: He, he, he doesn't—he literally buys her a, uh, a, a cross. <laughs> he,
1: he buys her a cross necklace, <laughs> and 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 you know, he doesn't seem to be particularly pushy in any way. But mom's no. just like, he's like, you, you had to go out with that boy, <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, other than dating Father Buddy, spoiler, um, you know, I mean, you really. Can't do much
2: better than than, than Craig.
0: Craig's a stand-up guy, I and mean, outside of his dangerous uh, addiction to sugar, he seems to be an incredible stand-up individual.
2: Yeah. Maybe the mom's just kind of like his his father—you know, lit a woman on fire and got away with it with literally no repercussions. Right. Therefore, yep, I prefer. But we, but we do. But, know, do, know, but do we knew that though? <laughs> well, maybe she does. Uh,
0: yeah, maybe that's the rumor around town, and just no one talks about it. Like you know, you know, the principal—he lit a girl on fire once. <laughs> and got away with it, and no one says anything. Yeah, that's
2: the type of shit that, like, kids kids hear about and use to their advantage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why he's the bad boy. He's the son of a person arsonist.
2: He's just literally the son of, of, of a murderer.
0: <laughs> and it makes sense that this individual is played by Louis Ferrer. I, I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce his, his no last name. Is. But he is... A professional television actor of the highest order. He did a, a a limited series called Durham County, where he played the murderer next door to uh, a compromised cop that uh, played down here on Ion. <laughs> but we were launching Ion, so we watched all six episodes, and he's fucking amazing in that show. He's currently on SWAT, like he's never. Not on television. Uh, um,
1: yeah, I recognize him. He played the husband in the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Right. I and mean, he, didn't, he didn't last very long in it, but I but I remember I remember his character.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, he's a real Toronto character actor.
0: Yes, for sure. Like you, if you've seen something that films in Canada he's going to wind up there because uh, he must have a be-
2: shoot in Canada. Maybe I'll try and cast him and then ask him about this movie. <laughs>
0: Please do. I want to know everything, particularly why he gives her a cross that we saw her look at herself wearing in the previous scene. Like she just getting another gold cross. Like
2: maybe she collects them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, would you want some sort of variance or do you just want a new one every day of the week i don't maybe, know how crosses why
2: work her mother's you know like just on her case because she's just very worried
0: he's not the kind of boy who will give you seven crosses for all the days of the week he'll probably just stop at one <laughs> and expect something more on his motorcycle from this we learned that they both need uh stuff for prom uh vicky's mom is not going to pay for a new dress uh even though dad was somewhat interested and almost took her side but then was immediately bullwhipped into his corner never to talk again until he's propositioned by his daughter and then uh he is kind of like i don't know i'll i I'll, I'll guess i'll get a tux or something like that we cut to science class and a, a where a presentation is being given by a guy who definitely saw real genius at least 10 times.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, th- we, this is Josh, and he is a character with a capital C. He's really given it all he's got. He's making the most of every moment of screen time, <laughs> and he wants you to know that's his real hair, and yes, it does extend from his skull that far. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, he's really making a meal out of this scene.
0: He does. Uh, this is the first incident in which a character is given a horror director's name,
1: <laughs> but this is
0: real on the nose. Everything about this is on the nose, right up until the point in which he is trying to sell this potato clock. Or is it potato it's a ra- radio? It's a radio. It's a radio. I, but I, did, he, I, I did
1: like I did like the jokes. The joke he said he made a radio out of an avocado, but could only get Mexican radio stations.
0: Wah, wah. I, I I
1: thought that was kind of amusing. <laughs> what I did not find amusing is when he leans down and makes this obscene tongue waggling motion when talking yeah. about how potatoes are like the ultimate vegetable. I'm like, okay, where are we going here, movie? <laughs> I'll
0: tell you where he's going. He's going to the line that this experiment will be inserted into the annals of scientific history and that it can be painful. (laughs) Oh, boy. You you know the
1: screenwriter, which is like, yep, I'm done for the day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Leaned back from the typewriter, like, finished. Order me some cocaine. (laughs) This is the audition monologue. (laughs) Faux (laughs) show. Um, it's not that it's not entertaining. It's just it's a bit much.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this is the wacky guy. You got you yes. got the nice guy. You got the wacky guy. You've got the the nice girl. You got the kind of bitchy friend, and then mm-hmm. you've got the mean girl. So they're setting them up and they're knocking them over.
0: We also meet uh, the designated uh, BFF, and that is Monica. Uh, She laments that she is unable to meet a guy who would take her to prom and she just doesn't get it. And then a gentleman with an extremely dry look haircut leans over and asks, may I talk to you after class? And she's like, fuck off. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, okay. All right. This is shorthand. You're telling me everything I need to know about this character. I'm cool with that.
2: It's worth uh, mentioning that I think even at this point, what, we're like 12 minutes into the movie or something like, yeah. It covered a lot of ground here you know say what you will about uh prom night too but it's uh nothing if not efficient
0: no it knows exactly where it wants to go and exactly how to get there it wastes no time and makes the most of absolutely almost every other scene <laughs> Occasionally you find a dead spot, but they're they're rare in, in, in this in these particular parts. I'll tell you what is a dry spot, and that is when we cut to principal dad's office and we discover that Billy Northam has grown up into the professional weirdo that is Michael Ironside. He has a handmade uh, football-shaped pen holder. Just to remind you, this is not Canada, despite the way every single person talks. This is America. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that a canadian would have this handmade football pen holder this has to be taking place in america
1: good old u.s of a
0: that's right <laughs> uh this is where we learned that uh, craig has not broached the subject with his dad quite yet that he would like to take a year off before going to university and this is apparently is a big fucking deal for reasons
2: yeah, He's I mean, like, well, he doesn't have to, in theory, contend with, you know, a potential felony charge. So he should really just get right. his life in order.
1: Prom's <laughs> well, coming planning, up. and dad. He was planning on retiring. How How's he going to do that if, if, if Craig doesn't go to principal school?
0: <laughs> it's true. He's going to carry on the family business, a la in uh, Friday the 13th, part eight, where we have the ship captain and his son, who he is desperate to take on his own mantle of ship captain, which is something you're born into. Not something you work towards. You're just handed boat captitude.
2: Wasn't uh, Leslie Nielsen the principal in the first one? Yes. Yeah, so what is with the prom night movies and principals?
0: I don't, your principal has to be your dad. Otherwise, it's not really a prom night movie. I wonder if in the remake, the lead actress's dad is the principal or it's something, someone completely different.
2: I never saw the remake, actually. Uh, Do did, did you, did you see it, uh, Gina? you know i think
1: i saw the ending and that was
2: pretty much i i, I got the idea but really we should be asking the question of, of when do we get to remake uh a prom night two
0: that's true <laughs> this is the one thing that well i don't know if you could recreate this this is something that happens when not when no one is watching i mean the this was this film was made under the auspice of being its own thing it was not prom night two and they yeah, melded it, it together. Haunting of Hamilton High. Yes. Yeah. So this is something that not a lot of expectations were, were put upon, and and it just they added the prom night 2 to give it a boost, so that oh this is a sequel, but really its its aims are for Carrie and for Nightmare and Elm Street, so the whole principal dad element is just a weird, just like they're dealing with the same transoms of where people pull influences from, I guess. I'm not particularly sure. Or it was just a riff off of the last prom movie the director and writer had seen, and they decided to go in that direction. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, this was, like, I think, at the tail end of uh, the Canadian exploitation tax shelter stuff. So I'm sure it was uh, somebody who had uh, income they needed to hide and uh, (laughs) decided that they'd bring this movie into the world.
0: That's right. And so many great things were uh, in the exact same way. Regardless, Principal Dad and son Craig are at the crossroads. They're not on the same page. Uh, We now cut to uh, Vicky's other friend, Jess, who looks like a Neil Gaiman character, was granted the breath of life.
1: I actually just wrote it down as not Joan Cusack. (laughs) <laughs> because i got a real joan cusack vibe from her i don't know why but it's kind of like the i think i was thinking of her character in working girl mm-hmm. where she had like the super big hair and the kind of vaguely punky wardrobe
0: i they definitely share a haircut and a sort of um i don't know a, a grand uh, cartoon bird sort of gait uh, they have a manic energy that they share, but we learn a couple things about Vicky. One that she's off to a doctor's appointment that is not at all fraught with subtext or meaning that is not yet spoken out loud. Where no, 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 it's just a doctor's Everything's appointment.
1: Everything's fine, I swear. <laughs> and, and she does that classic again. You know, this is something that only ever happens in movies where she calls out a character's name and they turn around. And they're like nothing. <laughs> and then they just and then they she just walks away.
0: Have, yeah, either, I've, have
1: either of you ever done that to someone or had it done to you?
0: Oh, I, I've certainly waved at people who have waved at someone else. That happens to me every <laughs> other week. But n- me say, oh, Gina, and you turn around and I go, eh, nothing. I'm going to come up with something to say, <laughs> even if I'm changing the subject of what I wanted to say
2: aloud. Yeah, I really only do it to mess with people, like uh, <laughs> my roommates and you know, various family members, you know. <laughs> Just make
0: them look foolish in
2: public. It's like oh, I didn't say um,
1: anything. What are you doing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, we Just we real gaslighting bullshit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we continue with Vicky in uh, walking down this this hallway of doom. This is where we meet her nemesis, Kelly Hennenlotter. And like any good friend, uh, Vicky immediately steals jess's idea of breaking into where the uh drama school stores all their old costumes maybe there's a dress you could wear to prom in there she doesn't wait for her friend jess to come back from this completely unimportant doctor's appointment that is not dramatic at all i promise you she just breaks in there fuck this Starts leafing through the costumes. And this is the first time it occurred to me that this movie is slightly aping what happens in student bodies. How so? Well, the lead character in that breaks into the drama school's costumes supply to find a dress to go to prom. Oh, right. uh, right, On the fly.
2: It's been a really long time since I've seen that movie. See it?
0: Oh, my God. The first third of
2: (laughs) the breather. Yeah.
1: I'm with you. We, we did <laughs> that, we, of... we, we did an episode of it and it ended up being like one of our most popular episodes. Like yes. people were so excited that we covered this movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that movie in probably 20 years, but it's uh, it's a little underserved. I, I I feel and also like really ahead of its time. Like what was it 1982 or something?
0: Um, it's it's the first of the train, so it, it was it was before uh, Wacko. It was before the Canadian Mountie one that happens in there. It's before. Uh, yeah, but. It's it's, it's before. It's like, before all of them. Yeah, it it's before the first. Nightmare on Elm Street. Like it's before oh, yeah. a lot of
2: big eighties horror.
0: Yes, it is a direct riff off of Prom Night. Like yeah. it heard that Prom Night was happening, and they just went for it. Yeah. But the first, I'd say, half of that movie is funny, and then it kind of lose. It tries to insert plot instead of it just being wacky, but it has gags that I think about all the time. When that couple is making out underneath the bleachers and it's just raining garbage constantly and it never stops and they never address it out of, oh, what are you going to do? And it just keeps coming. That's fucking funny. Stuffing the foreign exchange student in a body bag is not funny.
1: You know, my favorite line is, is his, I'll get the phone. I'm the furthest from it. That makes sense. <laughs>
0: oh my god student bodies everyone (laughs) it's the student bodies cast
1: listen to that episode it's a winner yes absolutely
0: (laughs) so when vicky enters the where all these costumes are uh are stored it is so trying to be nightmare in elm street in this sequence it's like she's going to the darkest dankest scariest place in the whole school the drama department (laughs) storage area (laughs) It's where all drama de- dreams go to die, and it's haunted by all of them.
1: Yeah, and they just throw random things that belong to a dead girl. And the now you would think, like, yeah, you know, wouldn't her family might have maybe wanted that crown? <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> wouldn't the cl-
0: crown be like burnt? You would think, but but it, it, it it's it's kept alive by her ghost magic. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Um, Again,
2: I. I- not the person who should be pointing out that stuff I, yeah, really just walk, if you know anything about me you know that i do not give a fuck
0: oh my god there's so much drama when she walks down those stairs like norma desmond's descent down the stairs in sunset boulevard occurred with less fuss than vicky walking down these stairs like we get it this is big this is important i want to i want to return to something because it occurred to me here how would you guys describe vicky's hair because i wrote down that it looked like a plated bread loaf made of golden retriever fur
2: (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's her it's her actual hair right like yes like i don't think it's a wig oh no yeah
0: no that 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 she was born with that and that's what that's i think got her the prissy andrews job was like oh she's like in the midst of newfoundland or whatever the fuck, uh end of green cables takes place and she's got uh, that Edward much island actually. there you go i knew it was something and uh she has a ton of hair in that so it's it's 100 percent hers but no one knows what to do with it it's equal parts voluminous and dry it's it's like a, a tumbleweed just parked on her head and someone's like uh give that a quick braid
1: yeah, yeah, I was kind of more distracted by her, her clothing, mm-hmm. which I, I can only assume that it was entirely, her wardrobe was entirely chosen by her mother, because <laughs> she looks dressed to do a Christian puppet show. Like, <laughs> a, about as, as like, I, I hate, I don't have a better word for this, but as sexless. Mm-hmm. And unflattering as as a teenage girl's wardrobe could possibly be, and and I know about unflattering teenage girl wardrobes. I, I remember <laughs> that much about being a young person and you know wearing everything you know, oversized and you know baggy and covering every inch of flesh. But it's not that her outfits are baggy; they're just very unflattering. Like she has like the kind of. She's got the mom jeans and like the the uh, you know the the button down camp shirts and they're all it's it's a very middle aged soccer mom. Which yeah, you know, which I guess is supposed to kind of make her her transition into you know when, when you know, you know, again, spoiler for this thirty year old movie when <laughs> she is possessed by Mary Lou, she becomes more, you know, sexually aggressive and, and you know, kind of dresses apart. I guess it's supposed to, to make that more jarring. But sure. I, I all I'm thinking of is, is 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 who's making these who's making this girl wear the, these, you know, the sad camp counselor outfits
2: yeah I mean it's definitely like a function of like the story you know like like it's it, you know they do need to give her somewhere to go as you point out but you know it, it, it does um does do much to set up the character because she looks like the kid who says no when they don't do drugs commercial you know <laughs> that's right
1: well yeah getting back to you know another callback to to student bodies is how the, the very virginal final girl wears a a pin on her jacket and says I said no <laughs>
0: Her wardrobe is voluminous where it should be tight and tight where it should be voluminous. It's very off-putting, but like you said, I I think it's to a particular point, but it's not like we can talk about all the great wardrobe choices in Friday the 13th movies, Gina. I mean, those Well, no,
1: that's true. She probably probably at least was wearing underwear.
0: But one of the things we like about Friday the 13th movies is when they don't wear underwear.
2: Just like how (laughs) short can the shorts go? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's it's what I enjoy about Josie and the Pussycats is it's an entire movie where it's a, supposed to be about a band, but it ends up being about branding and that no man or woman in the entire film is wearing underwear. <laughs> and that's what it's about. And I love it for it. Anyways, she's combing through the joint and uh, wouldn't you know it, Mary Lou's magic trunk pops open and immediately principal dad's class of 57 picture splinters not to put too fine a point on it and then it puts too fine a point on it credit where credit is due the arts funding at hamilton high is off the fucking charts not only do they have a well-stocked drama uh costume department but there's ballet people are working on brass instruments there's fine arts classes like we have to have a fundraiser to put on a slideshow for my kid once a month
1: Yeah, I don't see. There's an area magazine subscription drive at the school.
0: No, this is all supported by the state, and I'm totally cool with it. Well, Um, it's
1: easy though because there only looks to be, as is typical for for you. movies that take place in high schools. There only seems to be about 30 people in the class. <laughs>
0: That's right. It's really easy to put on all those extracurriculars when there is so much money uh, poured into so few of them. And during this arts class, this is when Jess reveals to Vicki that the guy she liked won't call her back and adding insult to injury has gotten Jess pregnant. Oh, you mean that doctor's visit wasn't just something that was off you know on a whim no there was a purpose to it and of course vicky says the guy's a jerk what are you gonna do and she doesn't know
2: is this a guy also at the school like is she calling him during the day i don't know
0: I don't know, maybe she has the same list that the uh, killer does in Prom Night where she's written the guy who got her pregnant's name on a list in pencil and keeps calling until she reaches them and then crosses his name out. I'm not sure how it works, um, but she does what any of us would do when we find out that we're pregnant out of wedlock in high school and then stay late at school to do an art project.
1: I thought that she was trying to you design her own prom dress, which mm-hmm. you know. I, I, who is she going to? Because they stressed several times. Oh, you can't go to senior prom without a date. So, who's her date? Is it the guy that she? This is presumably the guy who knocked her up, or. And I mean, you, if you
0: won't answer a phone call about getting someone pregnant, who's to say? Like, uh, did you buy a limo? Am I getting you a corsage? Like, there's a bunch of conversations I, you need to have.
1: I mean, yeah, she I mean, suddenly she suddenly seemed di- to drop this uh, this you know being so upset about pregnancy. Well, well, I guess I'll go back to making this prom dress.
2: Yeah, maybe she's just you know it's just like a, you know she she knows that she's gonna um, you know have a baby soon, so she wants to have this one night out. You know. Uh, uh, I, you know, and it doesn't seem too particularly concerned about the date. Like, but she does get that, like, sweet monologue scene with, the, like, the one long push in, mm-hmm. you know, when they're sitting on the floor of the bathroom. Yeah. Like, it's it's real. Um,
0: After school special going on. Yeah. Out. It's
2: kind of like first season of Party of Five sort of vibes, you know? <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed
0: to be so easy. Why is it so hard? <laughs> um, so, Jess, you know, like most students, able to stay at school till all hours on a first-name basis with the janitor.
1: Yeah, I just thought it's like you lock up when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, yes, yeah, lock up these single doors in the school.
0: <laughs> so she remains at school. Something that city employees are totally allowing. Again, this place has no repercussions. You can kill at will.
2: Hey, this is pre-Columbine, so <laughs> you could, you could <laughs> it's a little bit just, bit easier you, could to... just,
1: you could just lurk around in, like, hallways and into empty rooms and, and in rafters. No one cares. No one's yeah. around.
2: No yeah, one's well, around. I think the principal being a fucking sociopath and <laughs> literally burning a girl to death probably, you know, colors his whole leadership style.
0: Yeah, he, he's too busy covering up his own crime from 1957 to notice that one of the girls is staying up at, at all hours on school grounds unsupervised.
2: Yeah, it seems like a very strange like, I mean, I, I don't know, I've never tried to, you know, make a prom dress, but... uh like, like, I wouldn't, I literally wouldn't think to, like, you know, I got to go to this costume shop and find something I can wear. You know, it just seems like such a strain. Like, don't you have other friends who might have dresses? I mean, you're in a school full of people your age. I don't know. I don't know.
0: It's always weird. Uh, and I, I think I found this again with the original My Bloody Valentine, where people's...
2: Also Canadian.
0: It's total I, that's where I, I think I'm coming from this, where these these dance celebrations have completely different means. Like I'm still struck at the fact that grown adults in my bloody Valentine, the original are like this dance is a big deal. Like I can't wait to boil hot dogs in a different location (laughs) and drink in a different location and dance in a different location than we do every fucking night. Like what makes it special? I don't get it. Um, She's in the middle of this art project, but uh, she tries to pry uh, apart the beads of glass that are inside Mary Lou's prom queen crown that Vicky located inside of the trunk. This triggers the magic trunk to scream like a shark in the Bahamas, a la Jaws the Revenge, and um, it creates sort of a poltergeist sitch in that room where there's a lot of loose newspaper from uh, art projects, dancing around and we get a very lackadaisical sort of, it, it presents a couple different ways to die. It's almost like final destination it can't decide how this entity can't decide how it wants to undo Jess from this mortal coil. Will it put her underneath the, paper cutting board oh I got Real... su-
1: I got such a moment of nostalgia <laughs> from looking at that thing and remembering the time in which like fourth graders were allowed to use this gu- this paper guillotine basically <laughs> just like like yeah just put your hand right right near this this you know bladed hunk of wood <laughs> and just so you can you know cut these papers down into quarters
2: yeah, and decapitating her in that thing would have been actually pretty rad. Like, it's kind of a feat of misdirection in that it presents that element first, and so like uh, you know, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, which I really hope you 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 watch this before listening to this, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, she she gets kind of dragged once with with this supernatural stuff towards this paper cutter, and it, it, it even opens mm-hmm. as if it's going to slice her head off, but then it moves on to her being hung. From the light fixture.
0: In a very Nightmare on Elm Street sort of way, this piece of material snakes around her neck and hangs her from a light fixture, a la, uh, you know, the boyfriend who ends up in jail in, in that film. And you're like, okay, I, I know how this ends, but then it goes on.
2: Yeah, it throws her out the window. <laughs> yeah. And she falls to her death.
0: A defenestration a la the original Prom Night.
2: Yeah, and it's it's very strange because it's almost like, no, 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 that death is too cool. No, 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 that one's still pretty good. We're going (laughs) to go with the the most, like one that's literally from the last movie.
0: (laughs) And with a shot of her with blood coming out of her mouth that seems like a direct echo of the first film, which makes me wonder if it was a reshoot or if it was always meant to be that you
2: saying like, like maybe they did it as a pickup uh, after they decided it wasn't going to be a standalone movie.
0: Yeah. I I do wonder because it's obviously, it's obviously aiming towards one thing, then doing something else and then doing this other third thing. I wonder what the point of, I mean, you already, you're hanging her Mm -hmm. that, I mean, I know strangulation is, is difficult. It's not as easy as as everyone sells you, kids. Take it from a person who's strangled more than one person. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I'm going to have to edit that.
1: Absolutely edit, it out, edit it out. Gina, I didn't mean to say that I <laughs> strangle people.
0: I think I think they could uh, make people think that I am a murderer. And it's I'm not a murderer. Those people had it coming.
1: Of it's different. They, of course they did.
2: You don't want to say that too loud. It's going to cut off your your you know your your job potential. You can only be a principal. That's right. <laughs> That's right.
0: I, I can only uh, take the dead end route of being a professional of a very well funded high school.
2: We're responsible for children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, we get just getting defenestrated and falling two stories, and that does it, folks. I mean, this movie starts off with the bang and damn, we've only talked about half an hour of it, and I could talk for hours and hours, but we can't. We all have lives. We all have things to do. That Herbie movie isn't going to last forever for Oliver. So it's time once again to to play our favorite a game here on the Kill by Kill podcast that is choose your own death venture. If you were forced to die in one of the two ways presented in this section of the movie, which would you choose and why up forbid this time we have burned alive in your prom dress or almost decapitated in a paper cutter, then strangled for a little while and then tossed out of a window by a ghost and fall two stories to your death and so, Tyler, you're our guest. I look to you first for your answer.
2: I would definitely say the latter. Uh, uh, I, there's something uh, great about thinking that you're saved, about like, oh, I'm going to get to captain. No, 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 I'm just going to get strangled. No, 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 I'm going to fall to my death. <laughs> and that's, you know, like horrifying and whatnot, but like it's no, like, you know, if I get burned to death in a prom dress, like there's a lot going on that day, <laughs> you know, like leading up to that. Like it's, it's a very weird scenario for me.
0: But you will feel pretty. Yeah, this, that is your crowd. Like you went out doing the thing you loved, telling the other uh, people in high school you're better than them. Okay, Gina, what say you?
1: Well, you know, um, Mary Lou, she's she's got a lot of she's got a lot of style. She's got a lot of panache. She knows how mm-hmm. to party. So mm-hmm. I'm actually gonna go out the way she went out. I'm going to burn in my prom dress.
0: Oh yeah, I. You know what? I'm I. I'll be honest with you. I'm right there with you. I usually would not pick a death that is so elongated and certainly burning to death is not fun. But I also know that my costume jewelry will go on to haunt other people. I've never wanted anything more than a trinket of mine to haunt a high schooler (laughs) is my ultimate revenge.
1: Yeah, but then our souls will be trapped in a high school and that's no good.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Like my soul's doing something better. <laughs> you never know. Like maybe that's the best thing you could do. You never know. We well, I don't know how the universe works. Anyways, that pretty much does it. Before you go, Tyler, uh, where can people uh, see your stuff right now?
2: Uh, if they want to check out uh patchwork that's available on netflix currently or through any vod platform itunes amazon anywhere you want to look and uh tragedy girls is also available through uh, itunes amazon right now and will uh should be coming out on hulu hulu plus uh uh in april sometime i'm not exactly sure the date but uh yeah vod everywhere
0: oh man people check it out uh i really loved both those films but tragedy girls in particular i was quite taken with um gina uh we talked a little bit uh with tyler about it in a, in a minisode last week but i i know you watched tragedy girls as well
1: yeah yeah i watched it uh just a couple of nights ago i liked it a lot
2: well it's... thanks for taking the time
1: sure
0: uh and uh gina uh, where can people find you on the internet?
1: I uh, mostly write about uh, movies and old television and pop culture in general. Uh, it's just under my name, Gina dot com. And I am on Twitter under Porcelain 72. Yeah, Porcelain 72. I had to think for a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is there more to that? no 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 no
1: underscore nothing like that
0: (laughs) excellent do it today people check it out of course if you want to reach out to us there's very easy ways to do it twitter's the easiest uh at kill by kill pod uh we're on there more than we would like to um instagram at kill by kill podcast uh we have a couple facebook groups uh and uh we'd love to hear from you And please, if you can, uh, if you haven't already, uh, take some time and rate and review us on iTunes. I know everyone asks you to do it, but it's super important for an independent podcast like ourselves to be a little bit noisy, to to be recognized. Uh, If you tell us what your favorite kill is in the Friday the 13th series or uh, Prom Night 2 or any of the films that we've covered, we will talk about it on the air here. That is our solemn promise to you, the Kill by Kill listener, until next time, when the body count continues, for myself and for Tyler and Virginia, bye bye, everybody. Bye. intended for entertainment purposes only Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures Jason is owned by New Line Cinema no infringement is intended Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis visit him at joshhollis.com the Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body get the whole track and much much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today